I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is The Literary Gardener for January 21st, 2021. The topic this time is Practice Well-Being Economics in Your Garden. With the advent of farming, our options increased and our relationship with nature changed. We came to regard the wild world as something to tame, to subdue, and use. We moved from being a part of nature to being a part from nature. David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet, 2020. I have to admit that my early gardening perspective largely reflected notions of taming the wilderness, about which David Attenborough writes in his book, When I was a kid helping my dad in our vegetable garden, I pretended we were pioneers, growing our food off the land and tending the farm animals, actually our docks and Gretchen and two guinea pigs. I hope my dad built raised beds on top of the Bermuda grass in our suburban backyard, but I imagined that Pa and I had carved our vegetable patch out of the wilderness and we had to keep the garden tame by watering, weeding, and pruning. Even as a gardener with more experience, I retained the image of resting my tomatoes and tulips from the reluctant earth. I believed it was the gardener's job to cajole nature into producing what we wanted from our garden. It never occurred to me to think of my garden as a habitat rather than just a growing space that I managed for my own use. In recent years, however, my gardening perspective has changed as I have learned more about garden ecosystems and how they are connected to the surrounding environment, whether that's the city, suburbs, or rural areas. The trees, shrubs, grasses, herbaceous perennials, and the vegetable crops in my raised beds are all part of the intricate web of life that exists in my home landscape. I'm not the master of this web of life, but I am a part of it, as certainly as my yard is not an island, but part of the neighborhood ecosystem, which is part of the Rogue Valley ecosystem, and so on. The land and bodies of water are all connected habitats, even though humans have drawn property boundaries for our own purposes. President Biden's inaugural speech on Wednesday appropriately focused on the importance of unity. He reminded us that Americans are all connected. Like our yards, Americans are not individual islands, and the United States is not separate from the rest of the world. It's going to take a united effort within our country and with other countries to meet the formidable social and environmental challenges that lie ahead. In his book, Attenborough notes that enacting legislation that addresses the fact that people and nature are interconnected will require building an economic system that moves away from perpetual growth and a singular focus on profits to one that also measures prosperity by the well-being of our planet and all of the people who inhabit it. He describes an alternative economic system based on the donut model, developed by University of Oxford economist Kate Rayworth. The donut model consists of of an outer ring that represents ecological boundaries humans must not surpass in order to maintain a safe, sustainable earth. 
Components of the outer ring include climate change, ozone layer depletion, ocean acidification, air pollution, loss of biodiversity, land conversion, freshwater withdrawals, and fertilizer use. The inner ring of the donut model includes social factors that represent minimal requirements for human well-being, good housing, health care, clean water, food, access to energy sources, good education, livable income, political voice, and social justice. Some countries, such as New Zealand, Belgium, and the Netherlands, are already updating their economic systems to reflect current understandings about human nature interdependence. New Zealand's well-being economic approach was initiated by Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern in 2019 to shift the nation's priorities away from pure growth to better address social and environmental needs. It's no coincidence that under their new economic framework, New Zealand legislators were able to respond effectively to the coronavirus pandemic. I think America must likewise refocus our priorities and policies. In the meantime, the donut model offers a useful compass for gardeners to practice well-being economics when making purchases, planting, and growing in their garden. Do our gardens and gardening practices contribute to or help mitigate environmental concerns, climate change, ozone layer depletion, ocean acidification, air pollution, loss of biodiversity, land conversion, freshwater withdrawals, and fertilizer use? Gardens also play an important role in supporting human well-being. In relation to the donut model, they enhance our homes, provide us with food, help keep us mentally and physically healthy, and offer opportunities to learn more about our connection to the natural world. In addition, the plants in our garden clean the groundwater and are the foundations for all life by trapping energy through photosynthesis. When we buy food, plants, and seeds from local companies that value their workers, our purchases make a statement about our food politics and advocacy for social justice. When we grow a row of vegetables for the local food bank or share our extra produce with neighbors, we make connections by sharing the goodness of gardens and gardening. I may be biased, but I believe gardeners have a special role and making the world a better place for all of us. And that's it for The Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening, and happy gardening. <laughs>